and Sarah talk about songs. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, the only podcast where Mark and Sarah do as was just described. With me, as always, is my co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and with us this week for a very special conversation about a culturally important piece of music is the one and only Nick Reinwald-Jones. Hello, Nick. Hi, Nick. Hello, Mark. Hello, Sarah. I am thrilled to be here to talk with you about a song, which will become one of these songs in your compendium of songs. You <laughs> Thank about. you. We are delighted to have you. And I will say, too, that Nick recommended this song to us quite a few months ago. And for a variety of reasons, including my illness uh, um, in the fall, we had to keep postponing until now. So we are grateful and feel truly blessed and honored that it has finally happened. Um, before we get to the song, though, you guys, I do think it's important to cover a little bit of site business. I Google the name of this podcast from time to time because I am a raging egomaniac, and I was delighted to discover that recently, Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs was name-checked in some gay fan fiction about the show Supernatural, and there was a whole series of little stories written about the two actors who play brothers on that show hooking up, and in one of those stories in which the two male actors get bizarre the whole thing started because they were listening to our immaculate collection episode and the fanfic refers to us as obscure podcast mark and sarah talk about songs but with mentions like that we won't be obscure for long (laughs) i really do feel that we've (laughs) arrived that is yes the um the slash seal of approval for mastass which actually this week is manstass so, oh, yeah. how appropriate. It's all circle of well, love. With, with that new acronym in mind, uh, Nick, why don't you tell us about the song you've chosen for us today? All right. Well, this is Aisha by Another Bad Creation, which was a sort of, I guess you could call it a spinoff band from Belle de DeVoe because Michael Bivens kind of helped to create them and wrote and produced their songs. Um, and it was, you know, kid bands are, are fairly... I mean, the kid bands always have their moment from from time to time and then go away. And this was uh, the kid band of, of late 90, early 91 <laughs> um, that uh, also, you know, kind of paved the way for, for Crisscross and, and other people, but we'll get into that. But it's uh, definitely a, an interesting case of a one-hit wonder that not only is it a one-hit wonder, but it had zero cultural <laughs> staying power, as far as I can tell, because I did not hear it from the moment it went off the radio in the early 90s until it popped into my brain in 2016. <laughs> and I said, hey, what about that song? <laughs> and I don't, I still don't remember what made me think of it either because like, I, I seriously had not heard of it or even heard it mentioned in the intervening 25 years. But um, I think that's part of what makes it interesting because like, it really was a genuine huge hit at the time, at least you know, to my seventh grade self. And uh, I, it's it's always interesting to find those songs that slip through the cracks because, you know, now we're in an era where, like, nothing ever goes away once it becomes famous. So uh, it's a, it's an interesting little uh, little cultural artifact to explore. Well, I, I, I have well, a feeling that... there's a pretty good reason 
for it not to have um, not to have lasted. But let's what? let's hear what? a clip, and then we can talk about how we feel about it. Yes, let's. on with our conversation i am happy to say that this episode has been sponsored and let me ask you this are you dictating your memoirs do you need an interview transcribed from recorded statements to police body cam video ooh shira at uptown transcription can transcribe it for information and rates contact uptown transcription at uptown transcription at gmail.com that's uptown transcription at gmail.com and now Back to the boy band conversation already in progress. Um, actually, we could really use Shira for some of the verses on this song, because in my opinion, this is an oh, yeah. unacceptably muddy mix for something that was on the radio. Does anyone else agree? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. Well, I think maybe that they were partially hiding that the kids couldn't really sing or rap, but I, there could be other reasons, too. I don't know. With that, I partially. think I'd also like to say that they were maybe hiding that these are some of the lyrics that are in that song because, of course, I had to look them up because I couldn't understand <laughs> them either. So, as you may have noticed from the text that we heard, this song follows the journey of a young group of men, all singing in the voice of one man, one young man, who <laughs> who want to date the titular Aisha. I don't think that they all five want to date. I, it's very, it's unclear. But when we'll just say when the protagonist goes out on a date with Aisha, this is what we learn. We played Nintendo. This was her very first date. I didn't want to make it seem to fly. We ate cereal. She couldn't stay out late. Her mother told her to be home at nine. I feel like we might want to put a big sick around that because I'm not even sure those are the right lyrics. But So, Nick, I would just say, with those lyrics in mind, I would just love to hear... Over a quarter of a century later, what are your thoughts on this song now? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to to listen to it now because, like, I think part of why it uh, why it popped up as like a, a touchstone for me is because it was such a great song to hear when I was like twelve years old, 
and older than the kids that were singing and could kind of feel like superior and more mature than, <laughs> than these people and be like, well, okay, I hadn't, I hadn't dated or come close to dating, but I had played Nintendo and eaten cereal and, uh, and could, <laughs> you really lived it. You lived up. Little, you lived yeah. it up. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was like, it was, it was interesting to like, to feel like, oh yeah, these, these people are younger than me. And like, I'm, you know, I've kind of seen the world compared to these kids. Um, but, and it was, you know, and it was catchy in a, you know, perfectly uh, acceptable to a 12 year old way, even though like it's, but, but now, yeah, it's very like the production is real sloppy. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't like songs are like, you just appreciate that songs are so much tighter now. Like for one thing, it is four minutes and 20 seconds long. It just does not need to be that no. long at all. <laughs> like that, that clip that we heard, if that was the entire song, that would be plenty because you get everything you need to get out of that part. You get like, you get that little snake charmer, uh, stereotypical. When the ladies uh, dance, we can intro. see their underpants. Yeah, what the yeah. hell? <laughs> yeah. The thing that we, which, which again was very appealing to me in seventh grade because I was like, oh, I know that reference. Like that's what we all used to play on our recorders. When we, <laughs> <laughs> when, like, totally. Third grade. So it was. So it was like all. It was so designed to appeal to like my preteen self. Uh, but yeah, now it, now it just it it doesn't hold up. But. You know, but you said, Sarah, like, oh, you can see why it, it hasn't stuck around. But I would say there are definitely, like, even cheesier songs that have totally stuck around. So I'm, I'm, I'm still a little curious about why this one disappeared. But, well, yeah, it, it certainly has plenty working against it. Yeah. Well, the mix is muddy, like we talked about. And then there's also, like, yeah, there's just too much going on. In, in the song, like, orally, it needs to look in the mirror and take one thing off. Like, take Maybe out more than Snake one thing. Charmer, <laughs> take out the Poison bit although i was happy to hear the sample from poison because i do love that song and that is like a legit lasting song but um for good reason but here's the thing about this song and i'm older than y'all so this hit if i have the timeline right i was a freshman in college and um i don't like i remember a lot of songs from that era because the summer of 91 i had a I was a pool tester. Don't ask. It required me to spend a lot of time in the car making sure that the uh, pools of the great state of New Jersey were properly chlorinated and didn't have, like, E. coli in them. So I spent a lot of time in the car getting lost in South Jersey and listening to the radio, and I remember Jesus Jones from that oh, summer. Of course. And I remember uh, EMF, Unbelievable, yes. yeah. was yes. from then. Oh, but the fuck? And there was some, uh, still some like new kids hanging on, sure, I yeah. think at that point, maybe. Sure. Yeah. Step by step. Um, step one, have lots of fun and also get some singing lessons. Danny Wood, bless your heart. <laughs> um, I have no memory of the song. I think prepping for this podcast was the first time I ever heard it. That can't be oh, true. Really? But I had no, I only knew another bad creation because Crisscross cross and their backwards overalls diss them and i was like that group really has to suck yeah. if these two little triflers are like another bad creation fuck you like oh well okay i would like us if i may to put a pin in the crisscross thing because that's actually as these things go a rather important feud that i do think we need to dissect Ooh, okay yes but uh, before we <laughs> before we get to that a couple of things one 
like Nick, uh, I was in, I think you must be just a touch older than me, Nick, because I was in sixth grade when this song was popular. And uh, I was in theater camp uh, with a girl named Naika. And so we just put her name into the song. Oh, Naika, you know I will. And so everybody loved that. But I would say, oh, another Except thing. her. <laughs> Did anybody else think that the sax thing at the beginning, not the place in France where the naked ladies dance, but the other sax sound sounded just like the sax riff in Rump Shaker by Rex and Effects. Oh, Rex yeah. and Effect. All I want to do is zoom, zoom, yeah, zoom, zoom. That, right. I uh-huh. think that might be the same sax line. It's, it it yeah, could well, be like another, there are so many like well worn samples in the hip hop world that just have yeah it's true. were used like a million times between like 1985 and 1995 so yeah true but I I have a theory about why this particular band evaporated so quickly and if you'll allow me I'd like to expound upon the East Coast Family <laughs> which was <laughs> the the larger name for the Michael Bivens Empire that he tried to create right. at this period um, he was of course in Belle Biv DeVoe. Boys to Men was another member of the East Coast family, and you might remember at the end of Motown Philly, they go Boys to Men, ABC, BBD. Yeah, the East yes. Coast family. So that's yeah. another bad creation in Belle Biv DeVoe. So Boys to Men, of course, on Motown Philly, you have Michael Bivens inserting himself to tell their origin story, and he raps <laughs> yeah. about meeting them. And I think he's in the music video. I think he's on the toilet when he's rapping about it, which is <laughs> he is. Yeah. Which is like, which oh, tells okay, you dude. a lot about the Svengali dreams of Michael Bivens, that he <laughs> yeah. insists on inserting himself. He insists on positioning his artists by telling us how we're supposed to feel about them. Right. But Boys to Men was distinctive and talented enough that they were able to escape that cloud, that miasma, if you will. But I think that <laughs> the children of Another Bad Creation, as Nick pointed out, were not talented enough to break out. And also, they were forced to become tiny clones of Belle Bib DeVoe. If you look at the clothes that they're wearing in the Aisha video, the overalls, the the baggy overalls with the shit painted on them, that's like stitch for stitch a recreation of some of the Belle Bib DeVoe clothes from the period. And then even worse, in the song, Michael Bivens keeps inserting himself to say that when he first heard these guys, it reminded him of New Edition. And it's like... Boo boo, the lady doth protest too much. Like we 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 know you want to be the leader of your own new edition, so you can make the money that the manager made of new edition that you didn't get to make because you were just in the band. And then at the in the in the did you guys notice that in the breakdown section at one point someone's going Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Mike, just naming members of new edition. Like, I do, yeah, and I don't know why I, I, I don't I know why they left together, off. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they left off Ralph Trez band, but that's neither here nor there. But the point is, like, how is this band supposed to succeed when they're so <laughs> obviously meant to just be new edition clones? And, like, to the point that they're – I mean, for instance, okay, Leanne Rimes sounded like a Patsy Cline clone when she was a teenager – being thrust into the spotlight, but when they released the song Blue, you didn't hear someone in the background going, Patsy, Patsy. <laughs> like, you got to give a kid a chance. So, that to me, <laughs> that, like, if you're so obviously manufactured in the machine, there's no way you can succeed. Yeah. Although, I do want to also add that the other, they did have another top 10 hit following this one. They were not truly one hit wonders they also reached number 10 on the charts with a song called playground in which they said i swing my beat at the playground you know that song i remember remember. yeah yeah but i i also feel like that intensely juvenile approach also didn't help them because you know about six months after your 
old enough for this song. You're too old for this song. Yeah. And then you don't want to like, that was back when I was a kid that I swung my beat at the playground. Their album was called Coolin' at the Playground, you, you know, know. <laughs> like, and, and there was also something about this video where they just were so little, I felt embarrassed. So I think that all of those things really worked against them. Yeah, watching well, there, the There is something definitely creepy about the, like, subset of pop that's like little kids, like little yeah. children singing about romance and dating and it's not i mean it's not great when like little mj is doing it but at least mj can sing and continue yes. to be able to sing and uh i mean the new kids like most of the group at least seemed like they had a couple of pubic hairs happening and then <laughs> joey mcintyre like well, whatever like he could hit the high notes and he did he did seem like that sort of I don't know, South Boston, mature for his age type, who probably had a 25-year-old girlfriend when he was 11, because <laughs> I love Joey McIntyre, whatever, he's great. Um, but it's uh, there's always this weird, like, you're singing about, you're singing about, like, just holding hands and eating cereal and whatever, it's supposed to be kind of that, like, early middle school lane of sexuality, but it's just it's just wrong. And then if you're singing along to it as a present day forty three year old over here, I'm like, am I? Is this a felony to like even listen to this song? Yeah. And if they're not all that talented, then it's really like the light on that part of it is much brighter for yeah. me. So this was a little like oogie. In addition to being not a great sound experience it was also like oh <laughs> like yeah we're in a we're in a weird area of the um <laughs> penal code as it were sorry nick i interrupted you to talk uh, about pedophilia okay. I, was, I, was, I was gonna say you know the same thing like it is it is kind of creepy watching it now like with the the uh the overalls with no shirt on and yes. like and and just and like the lyrics are fairly dull like like i want you so bad like it, have you hit puberty yet like <laughs> do you have like are you just you know like making up these feelings or is this really like yeah about, like, like what is sexual it that you think longing you because that's not okay like i, I was thinking like yeah. shades of the uh I, now i can't think of their names now but the the, Ru the russian like little girl group that tattoo, tattoo yeah tattoo. That, that, that like were specifically created to appeal to pedophiles like it's uh is very they pretended to be lesbian they pretended to be lesbians right. <laughs> like, yeah 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 it was like definitely shades of that watch watching the video and, and like and also just watching the video i'm like oh this is just like child labor like how many takes did they make them do and like these yeah. poor children and <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I honestly did feel like by watching it, I, I did feel like I was supporting some sort of labor crime. That yeah. was the thing that I really felt like, that these poor children probably had to share one tiny Dan and yogurt cup as their <laughs> meal for the day until Michael Bivens with his literal iron fist started beating yeah. them down. It was, but you know, if I may, I feel like that in a weird way, the arrival of another bad creation did in a way make room for the success of crisscross uh, just about a year later oh yeah and i feel like if i i'd like now if, if you if you all feel comfortable to now move to the important hip-hop beef between another bad creation and crisscross okay i'll take that as a yes <laughs> uh so i would like to first if we may let's listen to a clip from Crisscross's jump, and you'll hear at the beginning, as Sarah mentioned earlier, that we do include the line where they specifically diss another man. Don't try to compare us to another bad little fat. I'm the Mac and I'm bad. Give me something 
Sarah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Jump as compared to another bad creation. I mean, to uh, Aisha. I mean, it's uh, it's objectively a better song. It's just better produced yes. and catchier, and it's 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 an actual rap song. It's not like a song that is sort of like eh, they'll they'll rap when they get around to it, and we get through all ninety seven of the samples on this list. Like it's it's like <laughs> it's just much like tighter and catchier, and and like they're actually they're actually decent rappers. Yeah. And I I bought it. Like when they were sort of like flexing on the camera, like I bought it. Um I will say having cut the clip for this episode that I have now been referring to various people and felines and inanimate objects in the house as the Mac Dad, which I had not been <laughs> for a while. Uh I told Mabel, a six and a half pound cat, that uh she was a daddy Mac wannabe, which true. Um <laughs> True. Also, uh yeah, I also loved I Miss the Bus. Like, my brother and I co-owned this album because we <laughs> figured if we bought it together, it would be less embarrassing. <laughs> uh, that's not um, true, actually. But this is definitely... <laughs> it's just as embarrassing. This is just, Yeah, this is definitely, like, better production. And given how much better and sort of less, um, like, child-trafficked the whole... <laughs> Uh, situation seems to be it's interesting to me that this there was even a beef with abc yeah i think they were beneath their notice but i guess it was like literally the only roughly equivalent group like it's not like the boy bands of the late 90s existed yet or would have been someone that crisscross would like try to step to so it's like well we need to have a beef with someone so there's one choice and it's ABC, right. even though they probably had dissolved by then because someone hit puberty and it all fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Mark, I did what do you some think on- of a, how do you think they stack up? Well, I did some online research and I read in an interview that Criss Cross gave in 2013, shortly before one of the members sadly died of a drug overdose. Was but it whatever. Chris or Cross? I, it, they were both named Chris. So it was one of the Chris's. Oh, I don't remember which one. But they said we had actual beef with another bad creation. As late as 2013, they were willing to still say we had actual beef. But then later, apparently, they met out on the circuit. Because let's be honest, it's not like Criss Cross lasted all that much longer. And they met out on the, like, nostalgia circuit and they were fine. Whatever. But, oh, interestingly, too, the members of another bad creation have vanished from the internet. Good luck. Oh, yeah. I tried to to find them, too. Yeah. Like, let us know where you are. Are are you dead? Are you were you like? Please let us know. Or if you're dead, you can't. But you know what I'm saying. We want to yes. hear. Yes, uh, Manstas listeners, if you can uh, locate the members of another bad creation, uh, and they have not been bad Ronalded into a wall on the Bivens estate, <laughs> please let us know asap on our Facebook page, Manstas podcast. Um. Was, oh, sorry. I was going to say, what was interesting is there was actually a video made of 
that's on YouTube that, or maybe it got taken off, but it was like another bad creation. Where are they now? And it was like, oh yeah, we're doing great. We're doing this and blah, blah, blah. And then it turned out that it was a hoax and it was like not them. And someone else had created this oh, fake video what? to pretend to be that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, did, I did some pretty deep research and yeah, like I, I think the, like, I think they definitely, like, they totally dropped off the radar, like, at least as of, like, maybe 2000 or something. But, like, I think at that point, like, one of them was, like, working construction. Someone else was just, like, you know, a dad. Like, they they just had, I, I don't think any of them were working in the music industry. But they it, it didn't seem like anything too terrible happened to them either. Well, I hope that they're happy, and I hope that they look back fondly on their time as momentary pop stars. Uh, but I will say that, so Criss Cross created by Jermaine Dupree, much like Another Bad Creation was created by Michael Bivens, but Jermaine Dupree had the good sense to know that what kids really want is not someone who goes on an innocent date with cereal. They want that makes it sound like they're dating cereal, but you know what I mean. <laughs> they want they want they want Bart Simpson rebels. And crisscross in jump present themselves as brats in the back of the yeah. class. And I think it's really important, too, that jump is not about dating, quote unquote. It's about yeah. jumping up and down. Like, <laughs> and who, who doesn't want to do that? Extent, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And wearing your clothes backwards. And I just feel like they clearly, Jermaine Dupree learned a lot of good lessons from Another Bad Creation. And, you know, it was not Another Bad Creation who got that amazing Sprite commercial where, uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's as to it Sprite the or Crystal Pepsi? No, it's uh, it's a, it's the S. Hey, what's up, Daddy? What's that in your hand? It's the S to the P R I T E can. I'll never forget. Oh, that yeah. was right. and that was kind of that was after they'd already sort of dropped off too, and that kind of got them back on. Or am I misremembering that? I know I, right. I think that's right. I think one of them was starting to have a little bit of a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, she was not willing to shave. <laughs> And it wasn't a mustache. It wasn't a milk mustache from the one tiny container of milk that they were allowed to drink on the set of the jump video. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Well, I hope everyone is a. I hope everyone in another bad creation is okay. I hope this, like, this would be really hilarious if it turned into season three of Someone Knows Something on the CBC. <laughs> like, what, ha- what happened to ABC? Yeah. Oh, boy. We'll have to, uh,. We'll have to look up some court transcripts or yeah, something. Exactly. Something on LexisNexis. Speaking of transcripts, Ooh, this episode yes, we were. This episode is sponsored by Uptown Transcriptions. Dictating your memoirs? Need an interview transcribed? From recorded statements to police body cam video. Ooh, timely. Shira at Uptown Transcription can transcribe it information and rates contact her at uptown transcription at uptown transcription at gmail.com that's uptown transcription at gmail.com so nick i wonder if you have any parting thoughts for us about any of the boy bands of the early 90s discussed today well one thing i wanted to say is i so i didn't realize that jermaine dupree uh created crisscross and when you mentioned that like the the screenwriter part of my brain went off and I was like, Oh, what if someone made like a dangerous liaisons type movie about like Jermaine Dupre and Michael Bivens, like competing to see who can like do a better job of like corrupting these younger children to become a successful. <laughs> uh, oh my God. <laughs> Would watch. Yeah. Actually, why stop there? But like, give it to Ryan Murphy. 
American Crime or Story Lee Daniels. season four. Yep, totally. <laughs> or I feel like maybe if Lee Daniels plants a spinoff inside that show Star that he's making now about prepubescent boy bands, there you go. Mr. Daniels, you can send your check to Nick, and we expect that we'll get por- a part of the royalties as well. Oh, I, I will happily share them. Uh, yeah, and then aside from that, just like, yeah, I, th- I think you made a, a good point about like crisscross doing a better job of just being cool instead of like hey aren't we kind of adorable and also here's some hip-hop like it was the the, another bad creation was uh a little too similar to that uh that kid in the i don't know if you guys remember the this this american life story about this when they were interviewing kids and there was this one kid who was like i always thought i could appeal to girls by like napping and looking real cute when i was napping (laughs) 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 but like that's a little bit like what they are it's like like oh aren't we adorable and like well no that's not ultimately that's not going to sell albums or keep you around because you will age and people will stop finding that interesting um uh, the the other person that i was reminded of along the lines of like very young r&b performers around the same time tevin campbell yes and and i think he was like I, i feel like he was no more than like 12 or 13 when he recorded that song i want to say yeah um but yeah it was an interesting era for uh for for prepubescent youths on the radio well then also at the very same time you had shanice i love your smile oh yeah she was a te- she was a teenager yeah. you had uh tracy spencer with a song called this house that was about homelessness but a teenage girl was singing a, a an r&b dance song about homelessness yeah you're right there really were a lot of youngsters in the r&b pop market at this at this moment yeah and you can just of course, imagine all of like the much older a and r guys being like oh well who's gonna be oh, oh, who we got here all right <laughs> but you know now i'm also thinking about the fact that as michael bivens was to another bad creation it was usher himself a teen star yep. who brought justin bieber into the world oh boy like Usher was Justin Bieber's mentor at the very beginning of Justin Bieber's career. So like I guess Usher was learning from Michael Bivens. Yeah, the cycle as continues. are we all. <laughs> so yeah, I guess this is some like for... Masonic R&B shit right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so children everywhere, if you keep your fingers crossed, may- maybe Justin Bieber will discover you. That sounds gross. You know <laughs> yeah, I, mean. I think creep your fingers crossed that maybe he won't discover you. <laughs> yeah, stay, stay off the stage at the county fair. Don't, don't look in the mirror and say Justin Bieber three times. <laughs> <laughs> That's just oh. good advice. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Today's theme song was written by David Gregory Byrne, and you can dig more of his chili at davidgregorybyrne.com. If you'd like to place an ad, request a song, or arrange for Mark, me, to read your pop chart horoscope, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at talksongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or hit up our Facebook page at facebook.com slash mastus.podcast. And if you like the podcast, let us know. Leave us a positive review on iTunes or the podcast download interface of your choosing, and please download the music you hear legally. 
Yes. So until next time, this is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this. And this. Is Mark and is Sarah. Is Mark and Sarah. Talk about songs. Talk about songs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.